Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians, welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And you found a place where we love talking about math that is not about memorizing and mimicking, waiting to be told or shown what to do, but it's about making sense of problems, noticing patterns, and reasoning using mathematical relationships. We know we can mentor students to think and reason like mathematicians, even those we weren't sure, but they actually can. Not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching mathematics, but rotely repeating steps actually keeps students from being the mathematicians they can be. Hey, everyone. I'm going to say this, uh, and I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. We love hearing from you. It's super fun to get emails and read the reviews on podcast platforms. Kind of makes my day when I open it up and I see something fresh and new. So do more. Yeah, do more. Tell us, <laughs> tell us what you're learning or maybe what you like or don't like. We're, we're tough skin. Um, yeah. How you're thinking ha- or how your thinking has changed because of listening. It's super fun. So here's one that we got recently from Leanne. Hey, Leanne. <laughs> So Leanne said, I came into this course feeling like I was, quote, okay with my multiplicative reasoning as I had listened to a few podcasts and taken Mm -hmm. the additive reasoning and development of mathematical reasoning workshops. But holy moly, says Leanne. She says, I gained so much more insight about not only the different strategies, flexible factoring blew my mind, but also the appropriate use of models to use with them, area models, ratio tables, and maybe early on, even an open number line. There were so many practical suggestions and takeaways. All right, Leanne. Well, thanks, super. Yeah, thanks, Leanne. Super to have you in Building Powerful Multiplication. Uh, It was awesome to interact in the message board. Leanne and I are actually chatting a little bit more about some other things. Uh, She has some really nice perspectives that are helping me kind of understand uh, some things. And so really appreciate that. And, And yeah, like Kim said, do, do some of that. Like, let us know what you're thinking about. <laughs> um, y'all, it helps us get better, you know, when uh, yeah. when you tell us the things that are really working for you and the things that we can tweak. And so, and, and let's just be clear. It makes our day. So yeah, we'd love, to, <laughs> love to hear from you. <laughs> All right. So Kim, when yeah. we read that, we realized we hadn't done an episode on flexible factoring. How right? have we not? Yeah, she said blew my mind and I was like, oh yeah. So we've done some mass strat chats pointed towards it, but yeah, flexible factoring is a mind blower. In fact, maybe I'll tell a quick, quick story. 
I had a student in one of my university classes where we were doing a bunch of distributed property stuff. And this mm-hmm. guy was flexibly factoring. And mm-hmm. I remember going, tell me more, like do more of that. Like it was one of those moments where I kind of knew it was a thing, but I really hadn't appreciated quite. And it was oh, amazing. Yeah. Maybe I'll say a little bit more about what he was doing at the end. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the surprise. Yeah. So we can't really do it justice in a podcast episode, not like we do in my online workshop, building powerful multiplication, but Y'all, we thought we'd give you at least a taste of yeah. the flexible factoring strategies. All right. So here we go. Kim, I'm going to give you um, a problem. We're going to do a problem string. I'm going to give you okay. a problem. I'm going to ask you how you would solve it. And then well, like normal. And then we'll go from there. So first problem. Okay. Ready? Yep. 14 times 45. 14 times 45. Okay. Just write that yep. down with my pencil. And I'm <laughs> thinking. Um, my pen. 45 is close to 50 and to get 50, I'm going to go hundred. So I'm going to do 14 times hundred, which is 1400. Half of that 14 times 50 would be 700. And then that's five 14s too much. And I know that five 14s is 70. What? So I have, how do you uh, know that? I don't, I don't know. Um, I actually, I actually did double half in the midst of it. So is that That's funny because sure. can I tell you? Can I tell you what <laughs> yeah. I was thinking? Yeah. So you probably are writing equations because I know you. Yeah. I, I I I was putting your thinking in a ratio table. So my oh, ratio okay. table right now looks like one to fourteen, a hundred to fourteen hundred, fifty to seven hundred. So oh when you, yeah. So the five. Yeah. Uh huh. When you said yeah. five, I was like, oh, divide fifty by ten, divide seven hundred yeah. by ten. 570. Uh. And that's really cool about a model, right? It's a 204 thinking. Um, so that <laughs> yeah. had I been in a ratio table, I probably would have gone with five from the 50. I mean, it's okay. Um, you didn't need it, but it's, it's no, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's great to have both. So, right. um, so then 14 times 50 was 700, but I needed to remove the 70. So I got 630 to get the 45, 14. Yep. 40, yeah. So 14 I, 45. Yep. Yeah, so I gave you 14 times 45 and you found 45 times 14, which is totally legal. Oh, uh, cool. Sorry. Yeah. That's all right. Hey, I'm wondering. But do you want oh, me to find 14? I mean, let's get one more strategy out there because with this particular string, I would try to get one more strategy for this problem. Okay. It's okay. it's rich, right? There's a lot we can do. So yeah, yeah what, else, what else do you see off the bat? Well, so my first... Um, I mean, there's a couple things. I, I, uh, several things that I could do. I, I could do the same strategy of going over and five is half a 10 with the 14. So I could do 10 45s, which is 450. And then uh, five 45s would be uh, 225. Because half of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then that's 15 45s would be 675. But then that's one too many 45s. So I back a 45, which is 630. Nice. 675 minus 45 gives us 630. Cool. So interesting. You just did two strategies that used 5 is F of 10 and over um, just in different ways. That's very nice. Very nice. Okay, cool. Next problem. Yep. How about if I asked you 30 times 21? What are you thinking? 30 times 21. So I know 3 times 21 is 63, but you asked me for 30 of them. So 10 times as many. So then it's going to be 630. But 630 was what we got for the first problem. Are you sure it's the same for the second? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. What does that mean to you? 
like it's just random it's totally random it there it's 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 just haphazard that i chose two problems that the and if i was doing this with real kids because you're not Mm -hmm. a real kid then i would probably just note that they both got 630 and i would actually move on i I wouldn't spend a lot of time trying to get somebody to dig something out of that i would just like huh so 1445s, 3021s, that's kind of interesting. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Next problem. Mm-hmm. 7 times 90. That's 630. 7 times Huh. Same 9 630. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I will I will pause here. Do you see any relationships between those yeah, two? Yeah, I'm, I'm I wrote the problems all together and uh-huh. the 7 and the and the 21 and the 14 are jumping out at me. Mm. So they they both have or they all three have a bunch of sevens. So I'm wanting mm. to move that seven around a bunch. Ah, can I, can I, uh, while Kim's thinking about that strategy or that relationship, um, I might actually in class uh, have you pause a little bit. I might just say, Kim, keep thinking about that. Uh, there's something about a seven in mm-hmm. there. Does anybody see a relationship between the first problem, 14 times 45 and the third problem, seven times 90, just those two. Mm-hmm. And I'm, that may have come out first i'm like when i just said 14 times 45 because i would think that we would have worked on doubling and having some student might have shared oh i can just have the 14 to 7 mm-hmm. and double the 45 to 90 and then mm-hmm. have an equivalent problem if that would have come out i may have tried to squash it um yeah. so that i could do this problem later or or i actually might have just let it come out and it could have been the second problem in the string yep then I still would have thrown out 30 times 21 and gotten that same equivalent. And then I would do more of what you're doing, Kim. Yep. So I may have wanted to have acknowledged the double half connection because there mm-hmm. really isn't a double half connection then with the 30 times 21. Mm-hmm. But is there a connection with the seven? So can you say more about what your, is there anything else that comes to mind with the seven? Yeah. So um, while you were talking, I'll admit that I wasn't really listening to you because I was staring <laughs> at my paper. I have no idea what you just said. Sorry. It's all I'm good. Sure it's good. all good. I'm sure. this, is sure our, good. this is our relationship, listeners. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pam, Pam talks and Kim knows when to listen. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Um, I don't miss the good stuff. So, um, yeah. So I, I just actually wrote down the um, prime factorization of all three of the problems. And um, and because I got 630 for everything, they're, they're clearly the same. Or equivalent. Uh-huh. Yeah, the same prime, prime, same, same. prime factors. Oh, yeah. same prime factors. So, yeah, like do in that a different me. order. Yeah. Like, oh, so, so what did you? Okay, fourteen times five, uh, forty-five. I wrote seven times two times five times three times three. Okay. And for um, thirty times twenty-one, I wrote three times two times five. Three times two times five. Uh huh. That's thirty. Uh huh. Times three times seven which are the same factors as the previous problem. And then for seven times 90, I wrote seven times three times three times two times five. And uh, y'all are listening to this. So I, I don't know if you wrote those numbers down, but I'm noticing something. Um, and I, I think, I think this is a Kim thing that if you look at the way, so she said they were in different orders, but as she did that, you might, so I bet, I bet there's a fifth, sixth grade teacher out there somewhere that's like, but she didn't mm-hmm. write those in, in ascending order. Why did she not? Like even in the number itself, she didn't write them in ascending order. Like yeah. on the 30 times 21 for 30, she wrote three times two times five. Yeah. And I would have expected two times three times five if 
if you were concerned about sort of writing them in kind of a, I don't know, traditional ascending order of those, but, but I, well, if you can see my paper, oh, do you want to tell us why you did it? Cause I think I know. Well, why. uh, yeah, I kept the 10 together. Yeah. So yeah, if you could see, uh, listeners, what I wrote in my paper for the first problem, there's a bunch of factors, but the two times five are next to each other. So even mm-hmm. though 14 mm-hmm. times 45 is seven times two times five times three times three, it's seven times two times five times mm-hmm. three times three. Because mm-hmm. Kim's like, oh, I'm going to find that 10 in there. Mm-hmm. Like, like once you have a, t- a factor of a two and a factor of a five somewhere in the multiplication problem, might as well pull them together using, mm-hmm. so you're, re- you're uh, reassociating the numbers and then maybe commuting if you need to, to, to get them where you want them. Similarly on the 30 times 21, she's got three times two mm-hmm. times, or sorry, three times, two times five times three times seven. And again, there's that sort of two times five popping out. And then on the last one, seven times three times three times two times five. So that same fine prime factorization is kind of playing around, mm-hmm. um, but in a different order, but we had the same prime factorization. Um, it's almost, it's almost like to get each of those problems, we could write the prime factorization and just group, just associate yeah. different factors Yep. Like on the first one, we have associate the seven and the two and the five times three times three, and we get 14 and 45. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if that could be helpful thinking about other problems like I'll throw out. Here's a new problem. What about 44 times 15? Now, I know where Kim's going to go. So what would happen in, our, in an actual classroom? Kim, can you go somewhere? Not don't flexible factor yet. Can you share a strategy? Uh, yeah. Well, I actually, I think a lot of kids might say 44 times 10 is uh-huh. 440. And then 44 times 5 is half of that, which is 220. Oh, so 660. Did I say that? Sorry. No. <laughs> so 15, 44. Like I already shared my be... thinking. I guess you want the answer. Okay. <laughs> so 15 times 44 would be 660. That would be a yeah. way to do that. And I yeah. might share that. I might share a kid thinking about four 15s to get mm-hmm. 40 15s and then adding the 40 and the four 15s together. That might be another strategy that I might share. And yeah. then I might give this problem 88 times 30. Mm-hmm. Which, which depending on the age, and if you're doing this uh-huh. particular string, you're probably working with a little bit older kids might say, Oh, that's going to be what? Tell me the problem again. You said uh, 88, 88 times 88 30. Times 30. Uh huh. Um, you might look back at the at the problem before it and see if there's yeah so i so oh so the 44 is double to 88 Uh uh-huh and the 15 is double to 30 oh man so i wrote down the did i write down the wrong problem i I don't know i think i think i meant 22 times 30 (laughs) okay sorry now that i hear you say that out loud there does a double half better now yeah yeah yeah. okay so double half so it's gonna be the same (laughs) six half double yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh yeah. Yes. All right. Typo. Uh, is that a podcast? Oh, hmm. speak. Oh, all right. So the second <laughs> problem should have been 22 times 30 so that kids okay, could cool. say, Oh yeah. If they half the first factor, double the other one, then they're yep. equivalent. Yep. Uh, and then the next problem is 10 times 66. Yeah. Which is 660. But I, I, honestly don't care about that problem so much. What I'm thinking about is the first two <laughs> uh-huh. and how, there's a 10 in there as well. 
And it's really nice to rearrange the factors to get that 66 times 10. How, so you, how would you, you just... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, how, what, what, say more. You were going there. You gave me 22 times 30. So I wrote 2 times 11 for the 22. And then for the 30, I wrote 3 times 2 times 5. But it actually then grouped the 2 times 11 times 3 to get 66. And that was times the last 2 times 5, which is 10. So it's just 66 times 10. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And so then could we do this, something similar with the 44 times 15? Yeah. And I'm going to wonder if um, in class, if I might actually suggest at this point, not necessarily prime factoring. We can, but yeah. I wonder if we just are looking for the 10. Yep. Once you know to look for it. Yeah. So does that influence how you might factor 44 times 15? Yeah, I'm writing I'm not- down. So I would write okay. two times 22 times three times five. And then I'd grab that two in the five as the first and last factor. Yeah. And I might write down 22 times two times five times three. Yeah. And so would nice. I would just, yeah, I just, just changing the order a little bit. So then the two and the five are in the middle. That's time 10. So now you end up with the 66 times 10 again. I'm really glad that you just said that because I know that if you were in the classroom and I said two times 22 times three times five, you would say, oh, okay, could I write that like this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to make it more visible for more students. And well, I, and- because I came up with factors, you'd be like, yeah, 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 you're saying the same factors. Right, right. And I'm also um, building intuition for the properties. Like at this point, yeah. I could say, oh, let's let's commute those uh, factors in a different order mm-hmm. and then reassociate them. So I'm putting words on things that kids are doing. I'm tagging as they're doing them. That's, that's vocabulary just in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as they're, uh, so, so we're building properties as uh, it's not strategy development is not just so kids can get answers. It's not a bunch of new things for kids to memorize so they can get answers. It's literally about learning the math. Like yeah. we're developing strategy yeah. and we're developing relationships and we're developing properties all at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, one other thing that I might push on, depending on the kids, mm-hmm. is at this point, I might say, I wonder if there's something that we can do with this factoring we've been doing to find that double half. Like when we had the 44 times 50, and you said, uh, I think we ended up with 22 times two times five times three. Yeah. I wonder if, if, uh, and, and I might let that sit for a second, if, if yeah. in some way we could then have the double half show up. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because what are you thinking right now? From, um, I think the first problem was, what was the first problem? 44 times 15. Uh Uh-huh. And then you moved to, my papers got jumbled. Then you moved to. um, Uh, It'd be on the boards. It'd be on the boards. You'd be able to to refer to it. So I'll show you what's on the board. On the board would be 22 times. Oh, sorry. Do you want me to go? I think I think I got it. So 44 <laughs> times 15, and then it would be 88 times 30, or 22 times 30, sorry. Uh-huh. So that extra factor of two that's in the 44 uh-huh. is going to be reassociated, taken away from the 44, which makes it 22, and it's reassociated with the 15 to make it be 30. Absolutely. So it's a shift of that factor of two. Yeah, nice. Than 10 we've been talking about. Yep. And so the way I would record your thinking is I've got the 22 times two times five times three. There's the 44 times 15. 
And I've now next uh, equals next to that, I've written those same factors, 22 times two times five times three, but I've now put parentheses around the two times five times three. So it's, it used to be 22 times two was associated. Mm -hmm. And now the 22 is kind of off by itself times two times the 15. Yeah. Yeah. And so that reassociating of that two is what's happening when we double in half. Yeah. We're sort of put when we have one of the numbers, we're grabbing that factor of two from that number. That's why it's halved. Yep. And we're put, we're um, reassociating it with the other factor, which is why it's doubled. Yep. So good. So screaming cool. Okay. So then maybe a last problem that I might give you is uh, 55 times 18. And then I would wonder, could you do something with that problem to be ultra cool? Um, so I'm going to write down purposefully in order 11 times five for the 55 times two times nine for the 18. And then I've grouped the five times two in the middle there. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to go 99 times 11, the outer factors. Uh, uh, I mean, nine, 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 nine times 11 is 99. You're doing it all at once. Yeah. You're doing it all at once. Yep. (laughs) And then, uh, Times 10, so 990. Yeah. Nice. So you had that nice factor of 10 in there. If you mm-hmm. could grab the five and you could grab the two and stick them together mm-hmm. to get the, reassociate them to get the um, factor of 10, you were left with an 11 times nine. And yeah, super, super cool, right? And maybe notice, everybody, that what we've just done is pretty multiplicative. Yeah. Um, when we use the distributive property, there's some addition or subtraction in there. Uh, yep. The over strategy, you know, we do a bit too much. And we subtract off that chunk. Or if we're doing smart partial products or five is half of 10, we sort of grab these, these happy, you know, we got 10 of them, we got five of them, we add them together. We've got to kind of have this additive thing that's happening within the multiplication. It's totally good. That's multiplicative reasoning. But this flexible factoring is even more multiplicative. And if you think about the development of mathematical reasoning, and y'all, if you haven't heard those episodes yet, go listen to the development of mathematical reasoning. But think about that graphic where we've got counting strategies built on to get additive thinking, built on to get multiplicative thinking. In that multiplicative thinking oval, it's it's not it's not a one dimensional. Uh, now you own multiplicative thinking. Bam! Everything it, it, there's it's a, it's a span. There's less multiplicative, multiplicative thinking. And there's sort mm-hmm. of like middle multiplicative, multiplicative thinking. And then there's like extreme multiplicative thinking. And in fact, even then more extreme multiplicative thinking would be proportional reasoning because proportional reasoning really is a, a kind of an extreme, sophisticated way of thinking multiplicatively about non-unit rates. Yeah. But my point is that if we're using the distributive property to chunk uh, sort of area to think about multiplication problems, that's multiplicative. But flexible factoring, like we just did in this string, is even more multiplicative. It's further on that continuum. So because of that, it's a little um, further down the line. It's it's the it's a later st- strategy that we would develop with students. We we wouldn't do it right away. But I, Kim, I got to tell you, when I was in that university class, and I had this uh, student who who said to me at the beginning, "I'm I'm not a math person. You know, I really want to teach elementary school, but I, I know I'm not good at math. But I'm, I'm I'm willing to work hard." And then in the midst of problem strings where I was trying to develop the distributed property, this guy was popping out flexible factoring. 
And I was like, don't you tell me you're not a math guy. Right, right, and he's right. like, oh, well, I just couldn't think, I could figure out what they were doing. So I just came up with my own you know, like trick ways. And I was like, your trick ways yeah. are real math. Like right. you're an, oh, I just watched this guy just sit up tall. I watched the whole class just like look at him differently. Cause you know, I, it was so, this is part of what I do what I do. It's so amazing to position all people as sense makers. Everyone can use what they know to think and reason and, and, and then big, get bigger and badder mathematics to come out of it. Yeah. yeah so awesome. So just to pull back on just recently, we did a, a podcast where we were talking about facts. I think we were talking specifically about subtraction facts, but I want to just mention here, this is an example. This flexible factoring strategy is an example where you might be thinking, whoa, kids have got to know their multiplication facts in order for this to happen. Yes, but it's not about rote memory. If they have rote memorized those facts, that's not going to help them with factoring things like 44 oh, or yeah. factoring things like 55 and 18. Like it's not going to, th- those things are not going to ping for them in the way they will if we have built them using relationships. And this is what we mean by if kids own those facts, they can use them with bigger, badder stuff, not just repeating them in a procedure. Yep. Okay. I got a little excited there. Woo. I love flexible factoring. It's super fun. Uh, it, it to me, flexible factoring is very kind of like puzzly and playing and mm, manipulating creative. and oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you yep. get to you get to look for how you want to rearrange those factors yes. in a way that, that can come out with the slickest sort of yeah 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 cool. yeah it's a way of really looking at that and connecting everything to something that's sort of so much more useful longer term uh, than just memorizing single digit facts nice yep. All right, y'all, thank you for tuning in and teaching more and more real math. To find out more about the Math is Figureoutable movement, visit mathisfigureoutable.com. Let's keep spreading the word that math is figureoutable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figureoutable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.